This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Anderson. Michael O'Halloran by Jean Stratton Porter. Chapter 15 A Particular Nix. The country is all the heaven a body needs in June. Mickey. Peaches awakened early the next morning, but Mickey was watching beside her to help her remember, to prompt, to soothe, to comfort, and to teach. He followed Mrs. Harding to the kitchen, and from the prepared food selected what he thought came closest, filling the diet prescribed by the sunshine nurse. And then he carried the tray to a fresh cool Peaches beside a window opening on the grassy tree-covered lawn. Her room was bewildering on account of its many and to the child magnificent furnishings. She found herself stretching and twisting and filled with a wild desire to walk, to see the house, the little girl and the real baby, the lawn beyond her window, the flower field, the red berries where they grew, and the birds and animals from which came the most amazing sounds. After doing everything for Peaches he could, Mickey went to his breakfast. Mary Harding and Bobby were so anxious to see the visitor they could scarcely eat, and knowing it was no use to try forcing them, their mother excused them, and they ventured as far as the door. There they stopped and gazed at the little stranger, and she stared back at them, but she was not frightened because she knew who they were, and that they would be good to her, else Mickey would not let them come. So when Mary, holding little brother's hand, came peeping around the door casing, Peaches withdrew her attention from exploration of the strip of lawn in her range and concentrated on them. If they had come bounding at her, she would have been frightened, but they did not. They stood still, half afraid, watching the tiny white creature, till suddenly she smiled at them and held out her hand. "'I like you,' she said. "'Did you have red berries for breakfast?' Mary nodded and smiled back. "'I think you're a pretty little girl,' said Peaches." "'I ain't half as pretty as you,' said Mary. "'No, of course you ain't,' she admitted. "'Your family don't put your ribbon on you till night, do they? "'Mickey put mine on this morning, "'cause I have to look nice, "'and be just as good, "'else I have to be took back to the hot room. "'Do you have to be nice, too?' "'Yes, I have to be a good girl,' said Mary. "'What does your family do to you if you don't mind?' I ain't going to tell, but it makes me, said Mary. What does yours do to you? I ain't going to tell either, said Peaches, but I get just as good. What's your name? Mary. What's his? Bobby. Mostly we call him little brother. Ain't he sweet? asked Mary. Just a precious child. Let him mark on my slate. Mickey hurried to the room. As he neared the door, he stepped softly and peeped inside. It was a problem with him as to how far Mary and Bobby could be trusted. Having been with Peaches every day, he could not accurately mark improvements, but he could see that her bones did not protrude so far, that her skin was not the yellow, glistening horror it had been, that the callous spots were going under the steady rubbing of nightly oil massage, and lately he had added the same treatment to her feet, if they were not less bony. If the skin were not soft and taking on a pinkish color, Mickey felt that his eyes were unreliable. 
Surely she was better. Of course she was better. She had to be. She ate more. She sat up longer. She moved her feet when first they had hung helpless. She was better, much better, and for that especial reason now was the time to watch closer than before. Now he must make sure that a big, strong child did not drag her from the bed and forever undo all he had gained. Since he had written Dr. Carroll, Mickey had rubbed in desperation not only nights but mornings also, lest he had asked help before he was ready for it. For the sunshine lady had said explicitly that the sick back could not be examined until the child was stronger. He was working according to instructions. One of the most beautiful things about Mickey was that from birth he had been a little soldier of the cross. He could obey orders instantly, cheerfully, and unquestioningly. Mickey watched. Anyone could have seen the delicate flush on Peach's cheek this morning the hint of red on her lips, the clearing whites of her lovely eyes. She was helping Bobby, as Mickey had taught her, and Bobby approved mightily. He lifted his face, put up his arms, and issued his command. Take Bobby! No, no, Bobby, cautioned Mary. Mother said no. You must stay on the floor. Sister will take you. You mustn't touch Peaches till God makes her well. You asked him last night, don't you know? Mother will spank something awful if you touch her. You must be careful till her back is well. Mother said so, and father too. Father said it much crosser than mother, don't you remember? Mustn't touch, repeated Bobby, drawing back. Mickey was satisfied with what he had heard of Mrs. Harding's instructions, but he took the opportunity to emphasize a few points himself. He even slipped one white bony foot from under the sheet and showed Mary how sick it was and how carefully it must be rubbed before it would walk. I can rub it, announced Mary. Well, don't you try that, cautioned Mickey. Why, go on and let her, interposed Peaches. Go on and let her. After today you said you'd be gone all day, and if rubbing in the morning and evening is good, maybe more would make me walk sooner. Mickey, I ain't ever said it, cause you do so much and try so hard. But Mickey, I'm just about dead to walk. Mickey, I'm so tired being lifted. Mickey, I want to get up and go when I want to, like other folks. Well, that's the first time you ever said that. Well, tain't the first time I ever could have said it if I'd a wanted to, explained Peaches. I see, you game little kid, you, said Mickey. All right, Mary, you ask your mother, and if she says so, I'll show you how. And maybe you can rub Lily's feet if you go slow and easy and don't jar her back a speck. Ma said I could already, explained Mary. Ma said for me to. She said all of us would, all the time we had while you were away, so she'd get better faster. Ma said she'd give a hundred dollars if Peaches would get so she could walk here. Mickey sat back on his heels suddenly. Who'd she say that to? he demanded. Pa. And he said he'd give five hundred. Ah! marveled Mickey. He did, too, insisted Mary. This morning, for you came out. And Junior would, too. He'd give all his bank. And he'd rub, too. He said he would. Well, if you ain't the nicest folks, cried Mickey. Gee, I'm glad I found you. Just as glad, chimed in Peaches. Mary, bring Robert here, called Mrs. Harding from the hall. Mary obeyed. Mickey moved up and looked intently at Peaches. Well, Lily, he asked, what do you think of this? 
I wouldn't trade this for heaven, she answered. The country is all the heaven a body needs in June, said Mickey. Mickey, bring in the cow now, ordered Peaches. Bring in the cow, queried Mickey. Sure, the little red cow in the book that makes the milk, said Peaches. I want you to milk her right here on my bed. Well, if I ever, gasped Mickey. Sure, I'll bring her in a minute, but a cow is big, Lily, awful great big. I couldn't bring her in here, but maybe I can drive her where you can see her. Or I don't know what would be the harm in taking you where the cows are. But first one thing. Now you look right at me, Miss Chicken. There's something I gotta know if you got it in your head straight. Who found you and kept them from getting you? Mickey lovest, replied Peaches promptly. Then who'd you belong to, he demanded. Mickey, she answered instantly. Who you gotta do as I say, he continued. Mickey, she repeated. Whose family are you, he pursued. Mickey, she cried. Mickey, what's the matter? Mickey, I love you best. I'm all yours. Mickey, I'll go back and never say a word about the hotness or the longness or anything if you don't want me here. Well, I do want you here, said Mickey in slow, insistent tone. I want you right here, but you gotta understand a few things. You're mine. I'm gonna keep you. You gotta understand that. Yes, Mickey, conceded Peaches. And if it will help you to be rubbed more than I can rub you while I gotta earn money to pay for our supper when we go home, and fix your back, and save for the seminary, I'll let the nice pleasant lady rub you, and I'll let a good girl like Mary rub you. And if his hands ain't so big they hurt, maybe I'll let Peter rub you. He takes care of Bobby, maybe he could you, and he's got a family of his own, so he knows how it feels. But it's nicks on anybody else, Miss Chicken, see? They ain't nobody else, said Peaches. There is two, contradicted Mickey. Mary said Junior would rub your feet. Well, he won't. It's nicks on Junior. He's only a boy. He ain't got a family. He hasn't had experience. He doesn't know anything about families, see? He carries Bobby, and I bet he's heavier'n me. For the first time, Mickey lost his temper. Now you looky here, Miss Chicken, he stormed. I ain't saying what he can do. I'm saying what he can't. See? You are mine, and I'm going to keep you. He can lift me for all I care, but he can't carry you, nor rub your feet, nor nothing, because he didn't find you, and you ain't his, and I won't have it, not at all. Course he's a good boy, and he's a nice boy, and you can play with him and talk to him. I'll let you just be awful nice to him because it's polite that you should be. But when it comes to caring and rubbing, it's nicks on Junior because he's got no family and doesn't understand. See? Mm-hmm, taunted Peaches. Well, are you going to promise? demanded Mickey. Maybe, she teased. Back you go and never see a cow at all if you don't promise, threatened Mickey. Mickey, what's the matter with you? cried Peaches suddenly. What are you getting a tantrum for? You ain't never had none before. That ain't no sign I ain't just bustin' full of em, said Mickey. Bad ones, and I feel an awful one as can be comin' right now and comin' quick. Are you going to promise me nobody who hasn't a family carries you and rubs you? Peaches looked at him in steady wonderment. I guess you're pretty tired, and you need to sleep a while or something, she said. If you wasn't about sick yourself, you'd know as anybody except you'll get their damn gone hands ripped off if they touched me. Nels, you says so. Course you found me. Course they'd a got me if you hadn't took me. Course I'm yours. 
course it's nix on junior and it's nix on peter if you say so mickey i just love you and love you i'll go back now if you say so i tell you mickey what's the matter she stretched up her arms and mickey sank into them he buried his face beside hers and for the first time she patted him and whispered to him as she did to her doll she rubbed her cheek against his crooned over him and held him tight while he gulped down big sobs mickey tell me she begged like a little mother tell me honey are you got a pain anywhere no he said maybe i was kind of strung up getting you here and being so awful scared about hurting you but it's all right now you're here and things are going to be fine only will you cross your heart always and forever remember this it's nix on junior or any boy who ain't got a family and doesn't understand yes mickey cross my heart and forever and ever and mickey you must get the soap i slipped and said the worst yet i didn't mean to but mickey i guess you can't trust me i guess you gotta soap me or beat me or something awful go on and do it mickey why crazy said mickey you're mixed up you didn't say anything what you said was all rightest ever rightest of anything i ever heard it was just exactly what i wanted you to say i just loved what you said well if i ever cried peaches mickey you were so mixed up you didn't hear me i got another chance goody goody now show me the cow all right said mickey i'll talk with mrs harding and see how she thinks i best go at it lily you won't ever ever forget that particular nix will you not ever she promised and lifted her lips to seal the pact with a kiss that meant more to mickey than all that had preceded it just how do you feel anyway flowersy girl fine said peaches i can tell by how it is right now that it isn't going to get all smothery and sweatings here Woo-hoo! it's so good mickey mickey bent over her holding both hands and whispered then you just keep right before your eyes where you came from miss and what you must go back to if you don't behave you will be a good girl won't you honest mickey love is just as good well how does it go with little white butterfly asked peter at the door mickey looked at peaches and slightly nodded encouragement then he slipped from the room she gave peter a smile of wonderment and answered readily grand as a queen lady you're just so nice and fine now peter hadn't known it but all his life he had been big and handled rough tools tasks implements and animals while his body grew sinewy and hard to cope with his task his heart demanded more refined things so if peaches had known the most musical languages on earth she could have not used words to peter that would have served her better he radiated content good he cried that's grand and good i didn't take a fair look at you last night it was so sissing hot in that place and you went to sleep before i got my chores done but now we must get acquainted tell me honey does any particular place in your little body hurt you if there does put your hand and show peter where peaches stared at peter in assimilating such gentleness from so big a source then she faintly smiled at him and laid a fluttering hand on her left side oh shockings mourned peter that's too bad that's vital your heart's right under there honey is there a pain in your heart peaches nodded solemnly 
"'Not all the time,' she explained. "'Only like now, when you are so good to me, "'just so fine and good.' "'Then and there Peter surrendered. "'He bent and kissed the hand he held, "'and said with tears saturating his words, "'just as tears do permeate speech sometimes, "'Pshaw now, little white butterfly, "'I never was more pleased to hear anything in my life. "'Ma and I have talked for years "'of having some city children here for a summer.' "'but we've been slow trying it "'because we hear such bad reports from many of them, "'and it's natural for people to shield their own. "'But I guess instead of shielding "'we may have been denying. "'I can't say anything about you children to hurt ours, "'and I notice a number of ways "'where it is beneficial to have you here. "'It's surely good for all of us. "'You're the nicest little folks.' "'Peaches sat up suddenly and smiled on Peter.' "'Mickey is nice and fine,' she told him. "'Not even you or anybody as nice as Mickey. "'And I'm going to be. "'I'd like to be. "'But you see, I laid alone all day in a dark corner so long, "'and I got so wild-like, "'at when Granny did come, "'I done and said just like she did. "'But Mickey doesn't like it. "'He's scared, most stiff, "'fear I'll forget and say bad swearin's. "'And you'll send me back to the hotness "'so's I won't get better.' "'Would you send me back if I forgot just once, Peter?' "'Why, pshaw now,' said Peter. "'Pshaw, little soul. "'Don't you worry about that. "'You try hard to remember and be like Mickey wants you to. "'And if you make a slip, I'll speak to Ma about it. "'And we'll just turn a deaf ear, "'and away out of here you'll soon forget it.' "'Just then Mickey, trailing a rope, passed before the window.' There was a crunching sound, a lumbering cow stopped, lifted a mouth half-filled with grass, and bawled her loudest protest at being separated from her calf. Peaches had only half a glance, but her shriek was utter terror. She launched herself on Peter and climbed him until her knees were on his chest and her fingers clutching his hair. "'God, Jesus!' she screamed. "'It'll eat me!' Peter caught her in his arms and turned his back. Mickey heard and saw and realized that the cow was too big and it appeared too precipitately and bellowed too loudly. He should have begun on the smallest calf on the place. He rushed the cow back to Junior and himself to Peaches, who, sobbing wildly, still clung to Peter. As Mickey entered, frightened and despairing, he saw that Peter was much concerned, but laughing until his shoulders shook. And in relief that he was, and that none of the children were present, Mickey grinned, acquired a slow red, and tried to quiet Peaches. "'Shut that window!' she screamed. "'Shut it quick!' "'Why, honey, that's the cow you wanted to see,' soothed Mickey. "'That's the nice cow that gave you the very milk you had for breakfast. "'And Junior was going to milk her where you could see. "'We thought you'd like it.' "'Don't let it get me!' cried Peaches. "'Why, it ain't going to get anything but grass,' said Mickey. "'Didn't you see me leading it? "'I can make that big old thing go where I please. "'Come on, be a game kid now. "'You ain't a baby coward, girl. "'It's only a cow. "'You are going to put it on your book.' "'I ain't,' sobbed Peaches. "'I ain't ever going to drink milk again. "'I just bet the milk will get me.' "'Be game now,' urged Mickey.' "'Mary milks the cow. "'Baby Bobby runs right up to her. "'Everything out here is big, Lily. "'I ran from the horses. "'I jumped on a fence, and Junior laughed at me. 
"'Mickey, what did you say?' wavered Peaches. "'I didn't say anything,' said Mickey. "'I just jumped.' "'Mickey, I jumped and I said it both. "'I said it right on Peter,' she bravely confessed. "'Mickey, I said the worst yet. "'I didn't know I did till I heard it. "'But, Mickey, I got another chance.' Peaches wiped her eyes, tremulously glanced at the window, and still clinging to Mickey, explained, "'I was just telling Peter about the swearings, and Mickey, don't feel so bad. He won't send me back for just once. Mickey, Peter has got a deaf ear. He said he had. He ain't going to hear it when I slip a swearings. And Mickey, I am trying. Honest, I'm trying just as hard, Mickey.' Mickey turned a despairing face toward Peter. "'Just like she says,' assured Peter. "'We've all got our faults. "'You'll have to forgive her, Mickey.' "'Me, of course,' conceded Mickey. "'But what about you? "'You don't want your nice little children to hear bad words.' "'Well,' said Peter, "'don't make too much of it. "'It's likely there are no words she can say "'that my children don't know. "'Just ignore it and forget it. "'She won't do it often. "'I'm sure she won't.' "'Are you sure you won't, miss?' demanded Mickey. "'Sure,' said Peaches.' and in an effort to change the subject. Mickey, is that cow out there yet? No, Junior took her back to the barnyard. Mickey, I ain't going to put a cow on my book, but I want to see her again, a way off. Mickey, take me where I can see. You said last night you would. But the horses are bigger than the cows. The pigs and sheep are big enough. You'll get scared again. And with scaring and crying, you'll be so bad off, your back won't get any better all day and tomorrow I gotta leave you and go to work. Then I'll see all the things today, and tomorrow I'll think about them till you come back. Please, Mickey? If things don't get Bobby and Mary, they won't get me. That's a game little girl, said Mickey. All right, I'll take you, but you ought to have. Have what, Mickey? she inquired, instantly alert. Well, never you mind what, said Mickey. You be a good girl and lie still so your back will be better and watch the bundle I'll bring home tomorrow night. Peaches shivered in delight. Mickey proceeded slowly, followed by the entire family. Mickey, it's so big, she marveled. Everything is so far away and so big. Now isn't it, agreed Mickey. You see, it's like I told you. Now let me show you the garden. He selected that as a safe proposition. Peaches grasped the idea readily enough. Mrs. Harding gathered vegetables for her to see. When they reached the strawberry bed, Mickey knelt and with her own fingers, Peaches pulled a berry and ate it, then laughed, exclaimed, and cried in delight. She picked a flower, and from the safe vantage of the garden, viewed the cows and horses afar and the fields and sheep were explained to her. Mickey carried her across the road. Mary brought a comfort, and for a whole hour the child lay under a big tree with pink and white clover and a foot-deep border around her. When they lifted her, she said, "'Mickey, tonight we put in the biggest blesses of all.' "'What?' inquired Mickey. "'Bless the nice people for such grand things, and the berries, but never mind about the cow.' "'But, Lily, you like the milk,' cried Mickey. "'You need it to make your legs stiff so that they'll walk. 
"'Don't be such a silly as to go back on milk "'because you thought a cow was smaller than a calf is.' "'Well, then, bless the cow, "'but I won't ever put one on my book,' she said with finality. "'The cow is settled.' "'Then Mickey took her back to the house. "'She awoke from a restful nap "'to find a basket of chickens waiting for her, "'barely down dry from their shells. "'She caught up a little yellow ball "'and with both hands clutched it, "'exclaiming and crying in joy, "'until Mickey saw the chicken was drooping "'and pried open her excited little fingers.' but the chicken remained limp, and soon it became evident that she had squeezed the life from it. "'Oh, Peaches, you held it too tight,' wailed Mickey. "'I'm afraid you've made it sick.' "'I didn't mean to, Mickey,' she protested. "'I didn't drop it. I held it as tight as I could.' Mrs. Harding reached over and picked the chicken from Mickey's fingers. "'That chicken wasn't very well to begin with,' she said. "'You give it to me, and I'll doctor it up. "'while you take another one. "'Which do you want?' "'Yellow,' sniffed Peaches. "'But please hurry. "'And, Mickey, you hold this one. "'Maybe I held it too hard.' "'Yes, you did,' laughed Peter. "'But we wanted to see what you'd do. "'One little chicken is a small price "'for the show you give. "'It's all right, Butterfly.' "'Peter, you make everything all right, don't you?' "'Well, honey, I would if I could,' said Peter.' "'but that's something of a contract. "'Now you rest till after dinner, "'and if Ma and Mickey agree on it, "'we'll go see the meadow brook "'and hear the birds sing.' "'The water!' shouted Peaches. "'Mickey, you promised!' "'Yes, I remember,' said Mickey. "'I'll see how cold it is, "'and if I think it won't chill you, yes.' "'Oh, gee!' chortled Peaches. "'Nother blesses!' "'What does she mean?' asked Peter. "'Mickey explained.' "'Can't see how it would hurt her a mite,' said Peter. "'Water is warm. Nice day. It will be good for her.' "'All right,' said Mickey. "'Then we'll try it. "'But how about the plowing, Peter? "'Shouldn't I be helping you?' "'Not today,' said Peter. "'I never allow my work to drive me. "'So I get pleasure from life my neighbors miss, "'and I'll compare bank accounts with any of them. "'Tomorrow I'll work. "'Today I'm an entertaining company. "'Or rather, they're entertaining me.' I think this is about the best day of my life. Isn't it great, Ma? It just is. I can't half work myself, answered Nancy Harding. I just wonder if we could take a little run in the car after supper. What do you think about it, Mickey? asked Peter. Well, I can't see that coming out hurt her any. Then we'll go, said Peter. Do I have to be all covered? questioned Peaches. Not nearly so much, explained Mickey. I'll let you see a lot more. "'There's a bobolink bird down the street Peter wants to show you.' "'Street?' jeered Junior. "'That's a road!' "'Sure,' said Mickey. "'I got a lot to learn. "'You tell me, will you, Junior?' "'Course,' said Junior, suddenly changing from scorn to patronage. "'Now let's take her to the creek.' "'Well, that's quite a walk,' said Peter. "'We're not going there unless I carry the little white butterfly. "'You want me to take you, don't you?' Peaches answered instantly. Mickey always carries me. He can. And, of course, I like him the best. But after him, I like you best, Peter. And you may if he'll let you. So that's the way the wind blows, laughed Peter. Then, Mickey, it's up to you. Why, sure, said Mickey, since you are so big and got a family of your own, so you understand. What, Mickey? asked Peter. 
"'Oh, how to be easy with little sick people,' answered Mickey, "'and that a man's family is his family, "'and he doesn't want anybody else buttin' in?' "'I see,' said Peter, struggling with his facial muscles. "'Of course. "'But this sheet is going to be rather bunglesome. "'Ma, could you do anything about it?' "'Yes,' said Mrs. Harding. "'Mary, you run up to the flannel chest "'and get Bobby's little blue blanket.' "'Peter lifted the child to his broad breast. "'She slipped her arms around his neck "'and laid her head on his shoulder with a sigh of content. "'Bloom time was past, but bird time was not, "'and the leaves were still freshly green and tender. "'Some of them reached to touch Peach's gold hair in passing.' She was held high to see into nests, and the bluebirds hollow in the apple tree. Peaches gripped Peter and cried, Don't let it get my feet, when the old turkey gobbler came rasping, strutting, and spitting at the party. Mickey pointed to Mary, who was unafraid, and Peaches' clutch grew less frantic, but she defended, Well, I don't care. I bet if she hadn't ever seen one before, and then a big thing like that would come right at her, Telling plain it was going to eat her alive, it would scare the livers out of her. Yes, I guess it would, conceded Peter. But you got the eating end of it wrong. It isn't going to eat us. We're going to eat it. About Thanksgiving we'll lay its head on the block and Ma will stuff it. I've quit stuffing turkeys, Peter, said Mrs. Harding. I find it spoils the flavor of the meat. Well, then it will stuff us, said Peter, all we can hold. And mince pie... "'plum pudding, and every good thing we can think of. "'What piece of turkey do you like best, Butterfly?' "'Mickey instantly scanned Peter, then Mrs. Peter, and tensely waited. "'Oh, stop! Stop! Is that a turkey bird?' cried Peaches. "'Surely it is,' said Mrs. Harding. "'Why, childy, haven't you ever seen a turkey either?' "'No, I didn't ever,' said Peaches. "'Can turkey birds sing?' Just then the gobbler stuck forward his head and sang, Gahowl! Hobble! Hobble! Peaches gripped Peter's hair and began to ascend him again. Mrs. Harding waved her apron, and the turkey suddenly reduced its size three-fourths, skipped aside, and a neat trim board, high-stepping and dainty, walked through the orchard. Peaches suddenly collapsed in Peter's arms in open-mouthed wonder. Gosh! How did it cave in like that? she cried. Peter's shoulders were shaking, but he answered gravely, "'Well, that's a way it has of puffing itself up and making a great big pretense that it is going to flop us. And then, if just little Bobby or Ma waves an apron or a stick, it gets out of the way in a hurry.' "'I've seen Multiopolis milliaries cave in like that sometimes when I waved a morning paper with an inch-high headline about them,' commented Mickey." Peter Harding glanced at his wife, and they laughed together. Peter stepped over a snake fence, went carefully down a hill, crossed the meadow to the shade of a tree, sat on the bank of the brook, and watched Peaches as she studied first the clear, babbling water, then the grass trailing in the stream, the bushes, trees, and then the water again. "'Mickey, come here,' she commanded. "'Put your head right down beside mine. Now, "'Look just the way I do, and tell me what you see.' "'I see running water, and grassy banks, and trees, and the birds, "'and the sky and the clouds. "'The water shows what's above it like a mirror, Lily.' "'Peaches pointed. 
Mickey watched intently. Sure, he cried, little fish with red speckles on em. Shall I catch you one to see? Taint my eyes, then, questioned Peaches. Your eyes, miss, asked Mickey, bewildered. Taint my eyes seeing things that yours doesn't? Mickey took her hand and drew closer. Well, it isn't any wonder you almost doubt it, honey, he said. I would, too, if I hadn't ever seen it before. But I've been on the trolley and on a few newsboys' excursions. And in the car with Mr. Bruce? And I've got to walk along the str roads some, so I know it's real. Let me show you. Mickey slipped down the bank, scooped his hands full of water, and lifted them, letting it drip through his fingers. Then he made a sweep and brought up one of the fish, brightly marked as a flower, and gasping in the air. Look quick, he cried, see it good. It's used to water, and the air chokes it, just like the water would you if a big fish would take you and hold your head under. I gotta put it back, quick. Mickey, lay it on my hand just a little bit. Mickey obeyed, and Peaches examined it hurriedly. Put it back, she cried. I guess that's as long as I'd want to be choked, while a fish looked at me. Mickey exchanged the fish for a handful of wet, vividly colored pebbles, then brought a bunch of cowslips yellow as gold, and a long willow-whip with leaves on it. And when she had examined these, she looked inquiringly at Mrs. Harding. Nicest lady, may I put my feet in your water? How about the temperature of it, Mickey? inquired Mrs. Harding. It's all right, said Mickey. I've washed her in colder water lots of times. The sunshine lady said I should to toughen her up. Then go ahead, said Mrs. Harding. Peter, may I? asked Peaches. Surely, agreed Peter. Whole bunch may get in if Ma says so. Well, I don't say so, exclaimed Mrs. Harding. The children have their good clothes on, and they always get to romping and dirty themselves. And then it's bigger washings, and mine are enough to break my back now. Peter looked at his wife intently. Why, Nancy, I hadn't heard you complain before, he said. If they're too big, we must wear less and make them smaller. And I'll take an hour at the machine, and Junior can turn the ringer. All you children, listen to me. Your ma is feeling the size of the wash. That means we must be more careful of our clothes and help her better. If Ma gets sick or tired of us, we'll be in a fix, I tell you. I didn't say I was sick or tired of you. I'm just tired of washing, said Mrs. Harding. I see, said Peter. But it is a thing that has got to be done like plowing and sewing. Yes, I know, said Mrs. Harding, but plowing and sewing only come once a year. Washing comes once and twice a week. Let me, said Mickey. I always help Mother. And I do my own and Lily's at home. Of course I will here. And I can help you a lot with yours. Yes, a boy, scoffed Mrs. Harding. Well, I'll show you that a boy can work as well as a girl if he's been taught right, said Mickey. I wasn't bringing up any question of work, said Mrs. Harding. I just didn't want the children to dirty a round of clothing apiece. They may wade when their things are ready for the wash, anyway. Go on, Peaches. Peter moved down the bank and prepared to lower her to the water, but she reached her arms for Mickey. He promised me, she said, back there on his nice bed in the hot room. He promised me this. So I did, said Mickey, radiating satisfaction he could not conceal. So I did. Now I'll let you put your feet in, like I said. 
"'Will the fish bite me?' she questioned timidly. "'Those little things? What if they did?' Thus encouraged, she put her toes in the water, gripping Mickey and waiting breathlessly to see what happened. Nothing happened, and the warm running water felt pleasant, so she dipped lower, and then did her best to make it splash. It wasn't much of a splash, but it was a satisfying performance to the parties most interested, and from their eagerness the watchers understood what it meant to them. Junior sidled up to his mother. "'Ain't that tough?' he whispered. She bit her lip and silently nodded. "'Look at her feet, will you?' he breathed. She looked at him instead, and suddenly her eyes filled with a mist like that clouding his. "'Think they'll ever walk?' he questioned. "'I don't know,' she said softly, "'but it looks as if God has given us the chance to make them if it's possible.' "'Well, say, what's my share?' he asked. "'Just anything you see that you think will help. "'If I be more careful not to dirty so many clothes, will it help?' he asked. "'It would leave me that much more time and strength to give to her,' she said. "'Will all I can save you in any way be helping her that much?' he persisted. "'Surely,' she said. "'Soon as he's out of sight, I'm going to begin on her. "'But don't let him hear.' "'Junior nodded. "'He sat down on the bank, watching as if fascinated the feet trying to splash in the water. "'Mickey could feel the effort of the small body. "'You take her now,' he said to Peter.' Then he threw off his shoes and stockings, turned up his knee-breeches, and stepped into the water, where he helped the feet to kick and splash. He rubbed them, and at last picked up handfuls of fine sand, and lightly massaged with it until he brought a pink glow. "'That's the stuff,' endorsed Peter. "'Look at that. You're pulling the blood down.' "'Where's the blood?' asked Peaches. Peter explained the circulatory system and why all the years of lying with no movement had made her so helpless. He told her why scarce and wrong food had not made good blood to push down and strengthen her feet so they could walk. He told her the friction of the sand rubbing would pull it down while the sun, water, and earth would help. Peaches, with wide eyes, listened, her breath coming faster and faster, until suddenly she leaned forward and cried, "'Rub, Mickey! Rub till the blood flies! Rub em hot as hell!' "'Well, Miss Chicken!' he cried in despair. Peaches buried her shamed face on Peter's breast. He screened her with a big hand. "'Now never you mind, never you mind,' he repeated. "'Everybody turn a deaf ear. That was a slip. Nobody heard it.' "'You mean, little Butterfly White, rub hard. Say rub hard, and that will fix it. "'Mickey,' she said in a faint voice, so subdued and contrite as to be ridiculous, "'Mickey, lovest, won't you please to rub hard, rub just as hard?' Mickey suddenly bent over the bony little foot he was chafing and kissed it. "'Yes, darling, I'll rub it till it a-most bleeds,' he said. When the feet were glowing with alternate sand rubbing and splashing in cold water, Peter looked at his wife. "'I think that's the ticket,' he said. "'Nancy, don't you? "'That pulls down the blood with rubbing "'and drives it back with the cold water "'and pulls it down to be pushed back again. "'Ain't that helping the heart get in its work? "'Now if we strengthen her with right food "'and make lots of pure blood "'to run in those little blue canals on her temples "'and hands and feet, "'ain't we gaining ground? "'Ain't we making headway?' "'We've just got to be,' said Mrs. Harding. "'There's no other way to figure it. 
but this is enough for a start. Peaches leaned toward her and asked, May we do this again tomorrow, nicest lady? Well, I can't say as we can come clear here every day. I'm a mighty busy woman, and my spare time is scarce, and even light as you are, you'd be a load for me. I can't say as we can do this when Peter is busy plowing and harvesting, and Junior is away on the cream wagon, and Mickey is in town at his work. We can't do just this, but there is something we can do that will help the feet quite as much. We can bring a bucket of sand up to the house and set a tub of water in the sun, and you can lie on a comfort under an apple tree with Mary and Bobby to watch you, and every few hours we can take a little time off for rubbing and splashing. My job, shouted Junior, I get a bucket and carry up the sand. I bring the tub and pump the water, cried Mary. Me shoo turkey, announced Bobby. I lift the tub to the edge of the shade and carry out the butterflies, said Peter. And where do I come in? demanded Mickey. Why, Mickey, you let them, cried Peaches. You let them. And you earn the money to pay for the new back. When I get strong enough to have it changed and the carol man comes, don't you remember? Sure, boasted Mickey, taking on height. I got the biggest job of all. I got the job that really does the trick, and tomorrow I get right after it. Now I must take you back to the house to rest a while. Ah, come on to the barn with me, begged Junior. Let father carry her. Ain't you going to be any company for me at all? Sure, said Mickey. Wait a minute. I'd like to go to the barn with you. He dried Peach's feet with his handkerchief, stuffed his stockings in his pocket, and picked up his shoes. Lily, can you let Peter take you back to rest till supper time, and let me see what Junior wants to show me? Yes, I can, said Peaches. Yes, I can, cause I'm a game kid, but I don't wish to. Now you look here, Miss Chicken, that hasn't got anything to do with it, explained Mickey. Every single time you can't have your way, cause it ain't good for you. If all these nice folks are so kind to you, you must think part of the time about what they want. And just now, Junior wants me, so you march right along nice and careful with Peter, and pretty soon I'll come. Peaches pouted a second, then her face cleared by degrees until it lifted to Peter with a smile. Peter, will you please to carry me while Mickey does what Junior wants? she asked with melting sweetness. Sure, said Peter. I'm the one to take you anyway. Big and strong as an ox, but that's a pretty way to ask, and asking like a nice lady. Peaches radiated pride, while Peter returned her to the couch, brought her a glass of milk and a cracker, pulled the shade, and going out softly closed the door. In five minutes she was asleep. An hour before supper time, Mickey appeared, and without a word began watching Mrs. Harding. Suddenly her work lightened. When she was ready for water, the bucket was filled, saving her a trip to the pump. When she lifted the dishpan and started toward the back door, Mickey met her with the potato basket. When she glanced questioningly at the stove, he put in more wood. He went to the dining room and set the table exactly as it had been for dinner. He made the trip to the cellar with her and brought up bread and milk while she carried butter and preserves. As she told Peter that night, no strange woman ever had helped her as quickly and understandingly. With dishwashing, he was on hand, for he knew that Peach's fate hung on how much additional work was made for Mrs. Harding. That surprised woman found herself seated in a cool place on the back porch, preparing things for breakfast. 
while Mickey washed the dishes and Mary carried them. Peaches was moved to the couch in the dining room where she could look on. Then wrapped in Bobby's blanket and held closely in Mickey's arms, the child lay quivering with delight while the big car made the trip to the clubhouse and stopped under the trees to show Peaches where Mr. Bruce played and then slowly ran along the country road, with all its occupants talking at once, in their effort to point out to her everything. And no one realized how tired she was, until in calling her attention to a colt beside its mother, she made no response, and it was discovered that she was asleep. So they took her home and put her to bed. End of chapter 15